Hello and welcome to Between the Mountains Adventure Podcast. Today's guest is Daniel Eggington. The Colombian um, intelligence, they ain't like a, a poor nation. It's not a third world country. It's, they're aware of all these things going on. Well, it's, it's really been treading carefully, even with the, the, um, the stuff you put out there, social media-wise. Um, I've got in touch with people who, if it was in the UK, it would be, I, I don't know, it would be probably more than likely breaking the law. But yeah, so it's just, you know, it's just tread carefully. You've got to be as neutral as possible. Daniel has set his sights on an expedition and is only working harder and harder until it's done. Returning in April for his fifth time, Dan will look to cross on foot the Darien Gap, one of the world's most dangerous jungles. This is a bit more of an open conversation between Dan and I, just chatting about his first attempt. This is his fifth time back to Colombia, but it'll be his second time trying to cross the Darien Gap by the Pacific Ocean route, just following the coast along there. We're going to go over how the first attempt went, his reasons and his love for Colombia and his reasons for returning, go over all the different challenges, the different priorities, chatting with locals, opening up connections. Really fascinating episode for you all. I hope you enjoy it. But with no further ado, let's get into the episode. So Dan, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, thank you. Perfect, yeah, good. I, I, we're going to be talking about Colombia today. For you, why Colombia? Colombia, I first went to Colombia five years ago now, and it's always, every year I've been away, but I've always seemed to go back to Colombia. So I've been to a lot of Latin American countries. What Maybe it's just the culture or that one missing part that I wanted to do this, this trip. And it just keeps drawing, drawing me back each time. Well, I enjoy the culture. Um, I've got local people over there as well now that I've got a, um, a, a decent enough network. Nice. So, so uh, you have you got quite a few friends over there now? Yeah, I've got, um, it's, it's mainly sourced through like Airbnb and Couchsurfing. So it's like the locals. Um, I've got a, like two journalists that I've met over there and have helped like form relationships, so to speak. I've got a decent, I speak to them every day as well. Those relationships strong then? Yeah, yeah. So you've been to loads of different Latin American countries, uh, Colombia being a more recent one. This the, this expedition you did last time in Colombia, yeah. how what number trip was that to Colombia for you? That was the fourth to Colombia. <laughs> yeah, the fourth. So did you want to chat through that at all? Yeah. What, what the goal was and how that went? It was literally the first time I did go there. I spent like it was like a like a crossing, so I would I'd fly to. Colombia to go on to Panama so I'd try and get the cheapest flights and it was like how many stops could you get and it was like a two-day stop um, in Bogota so then I stayed just for two days and that drew me back and then I've done a bit more research from then and I've always always like I say wanted to go back and every every year in the last five I think now I've been to Colombia. 
Nice. So the um, the expedition that you put together for yourself, yeah. what was the main goal for that? The main aim was to cross from Colombia to Panama over, um, through the Darien, which it has been done in the past, but on the Caribbean side and through the central the central corridor, which um, a lot of there is quite a bit of people, uh, human traffic regarding like uh, the trafficking of arms and the, the the routes that have been taken already. But on the Pacific side, it's less, there's no infrastructure. There's two tiny towns, so that's the Pacific side that I've been to on these t- occasions to try and like network and build relationships out there. Yeah, I, I mean, so this is uh, kind of a a halfway point this this episode between the the first sort of uh, attempt that that was made made to do it and then a, a sort of step back and reflection and then sort of uh, going back out uh, in a couple of months uh, a couple of months time uh, you know very close to the the release of this episode actually uh, you'll you'll be out there yeah. um, um so did you want to chat us through uh, kind of kind of your story of of what happened you know from your first point of going getting into Colombia and everything that happened up into the point where you had to sort of hit pause, come back, reflect, yeah. and plan again. I think I, I started kind of backwards, really. So I started the sort like the networking, the relationship building in Panama. So Panama, I'd like to say, is a little bit more easier to travel. But once you get to the Darien National Park in Panama, again, it's it's a bit of an issue, risky area. There's always uh, checkpoint security there. Um, again, the, the people that have been trafficked over there, it's a big community of people over there that have been trafficked. So it started in Hake. So I've done a lot of research with people who's who's lived in Hake, who's travelled to Hake. And it was, I got involved with a lady called Beatrice and her other runs a few tours in, um, in the immediate vicinity, like the just outside of Hake. And they've got a little house there. So I use that every time. So I have an end goal now. So that was... That that's like one major pitfall that I've resolved. So then I felt it was okay in Panama, like my 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 end game. And then I thought I need to travel to Colombia now to do the same thing. But that's even harder. Like the lack of infrastructure, the I'd like it's a bit bad to say, but I feel like the corruption in Colombia in regards to the the my great like the the border wars, even the military, and obviously there's quite a few. Um, um, active groups out there as well but yeah so it's a lot of building in Colombia to last year and then that was like the main attempt and um, I'm here now it wasn't as successful as um, hoped yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think you said you got turned around by yeah. military did you say yeah as it's like when I was in Jurado this the closest town to the border in Colombia to Panama I would then you'd get exit stamps you're traveling over rather than get picked up and you're illegally exiting a country for whatever other issues to come after that. So I went to Migration Colombia and I'm saying, I'm traveling over into Panama. Uh, it's saying, okay, how? I'm saying through, I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk. And it's like, no, you can't walk. And obviously in Spanish, he's saying you can't walk because there's new groups that are out there and they're actively fighting. And I was in Gerardo maybe six or seven days. And it the first day was okay, no issues. But the second day, there was a lot more, patrols so they're aware of a lot more things than i i am and the local community are aware of a lot more stuff than i am mm. and there's just constant patrols every hour there'd be a, a a unit of soldiers and police and do massive patrols up and down the beach so when it eventually then said i'm traveling over he's like now you can't uh, saying well it's, you can't stop me he's, he took the passport off me 
And he said, I am. And he's got in touch with another local guy, Victor, his name was, and I'll keep in contact with him as and when he's got access to the internet. And he's a boatman. And he said, he will take you. I don't, I, I don't want to go with Victor. He's like, you have to. Took my passport off me. Tomorrow morning, I'll meet you. And he literally came to the little hut hotel in the in the village of Horado, in the town of Horado, and walked me to the bus, the, the boat, <laughs> literally, and said, you need to get on this. And then it was like a three, four-man uh, boat, and we travelled up to Panama on the boat, and that's how it ended. It literally, he took my passport off me. So he was more illegal than I was. But yeah, that was the, the story with that, that attempt, so... It goes to show what what the uh, different regions are like. Because in, in the UK, yeah. that that you could literally just say, "Well, you can't stop me walking." And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, PC Pod would just be a bit loud. Like, oh, damn, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got me there. Yeah. That, that sounds kind of kind of a, a bit exciting, but yeah. also a bit frustrating to have got so far. Yeah, and, and to um to be turned away like that. Yeah. Uh, so what what are your drives for going back and trying again? I think it's just I I want to resolve something i want to if i plan something i want to do it and mm. it's took it's five years in literally no it's five years so planning regards to travel to panama um a major uh, attempt from yet last year and I, I, I think about it all the time i've always got other plans and i've always got other trips that i am planning but this one seems to be at the top of my mind every i think about every day it bugs me it winds me up and i'm looking at my website i'm like i've got to do that i've got to do it i've got to do it it's just, I think it's just in in me. I think it's a, it's foolhardy, really. Uh, so, would you say that the main obstacle is the the potential fighting between groups yeah, in you, your region? Yeah, I think you can literally. When I was there last year, you could hear it. It was sporadic, and it's um, anyone would say, "Oh, you can hear gunshots," and a gun gunshot is not how you see it on the films and all that sort of stuff. It's more, and you can hear it in the distance, and it's quite high pitched. And people are just blase to it over there. And I'm like, geez, it's really... It's, it's, so it's genuine in what the security is saying. It's like I say, it's just... It's a, it's a, it's a hard hard area to, to travel in. But the groups that are out there, there's quite a few because the FARC have done a peace agreement now. Well, it's been four or five years and that's failing miserably. Mm. So the smaller groups have just like jumped in the vacuum like they're taking up and they're being a bit more violent towards each other to take the territory but now i heard last week that one of their main farc leaders have rescinded so he's going back and he's going out because the the colombian mil- um, government are just as as corrupt um as the so-called anti anti-government groups i've like in five, probably two years three years i've reached out to try and connect with the local people out there and one thing led to another every time you mention a darian everyone's like oh straight away it's it's a, um, a lot of people who you speak to just through social media have experienced a loss or they know of somebody who they went to school with or a family member had experienced a loss because of the the trap the arms out there and i've i've now reached out to there's another group, ELN, and they're like I've made a like a connection. I'll speak to them most weeks, so they they will send me their memory like their memorabilia, like what they're doing now. And they're saying it's it's quiet. It was quiet last year, but now it's quite active again because one of the commanders, Commander Uriel, who I tried to get in touch with for two years to get permission to travel in the area, literally before when was it before Christmas or so October time. I'd got a text message all that with my friends, got a text message saying, who's this? Why are you getting in touch with me? And I hadn't contacted this number for got to be six months, seven months when I was out there before trying to create like relationships. And it was Commandante Uriel. 
and literally the Sunday after, uh, I got a text message off the journalist who has who's out in Colombia. He was killed by the Colombian military. Literally two days after, and it's oh. all it was all over the news. So I had a conversation with him, and he was he was um, killed. I've got all the messages, and then didn't speak to them for about uh, six weeks. And then a media team of his supposedly have now got in touch, and they're still using the same number. But yeah, literally within like two days of first making contact with this man who controls that area, he was he was killed by the Colombian forces. It's super clear that you, that you're doing so much research. Yeah. <laughs> and because this isn't this isn't somewhere that you know you know when i did a road trip to norway my friend wished yeah. that we'd, we'd just been a bit more laissez-faire with it and just sort of seen what happens yeah but this isn't really a place <laughs> where it feels like you can't you can go and just see what happens yeah. so it's clear you're doing like everything possible what are the sort of priorities for you so stepping away thinking all oh, right okay security stopped me at this point these are the issues what are the, the sort of the main priorities that you're taking to try and resolve to, to make sure it's a success next time? It's the local groups. I mean, obviously the government have their opinion of the groups out there like anyone, and they're deemed a, a, a terrorist organization, anti-government organization. But their argument is it's um, freedom. They built they, like they, it's freedom for the people or equality for the people. Because in Chaco in Colombia, it's what it's poorest part of the country. And mm. it's, more than half of the um, population in Chaco are below the like the breadline of so to speak to be out, and these they're saying they're fighting for that. And it's I try to be as neutral as possible because I can say one thing out there like you shouldn't be doing this, and then it's a problem for me. Or I can hmm. even social media. You got to be careful with what you put out on social media because the Colombian um, intelligence they ain't like a poor nation. It's not a third world country. It's, they're aware of all these things going on. Well, it's it's really been treading carefully, even with the the, um, the stuff you put out there, social media wise. Um, I've got in touch with people who, if it was in the UK, it would be I, I don't know, it would be probably more than likely breaking the law. But yeah, so it's just you know, just tread carefully. You got to be as neutral as possible. Yeah, be as neutral as possible when you're like. Because yeah. I guess if you can't change it, then just accept yeah. it. It's not not your yeah. country. You're no random British bloke who turns up and says, "Oh, that's bad." That is, they're not going <laughs> to suddenly go, "Oh crap, <laughs> let's get a treat on the way." <laughs> exactly. But I mean, so obviously, being careful when you're out there. Mm-hmm. I, I guess from the sound of things, it's just stemming, like sort of working through the grapevine of of your contacts yeah. deeper and deeper and deeper until you get to those groups. And yeah. is it is one of your main goals kind of getting a, a sort of permission from them to, to make yeah. sure that they allow you to pass? I think that if I could have a perfect plan out there, it would be a local guy, even from the organisations that are not deemed um, socially accepted, um, even like a guide from them. And they're saying it's a possibility, but they have to be careful because of the Westerner and any bad, more, more bad press on their part. That just doesn't help their mission, so to speak. Mm. So they're, they're they're not telling me to go out to them. They're like, you've got you've got to be careful. We've got to be careful for he, for their safety, for my own safety. It's people that are out there on the ground that are the best source of information wherever you go in, on the world in the in the world. So the local people, all online, you'd be scared to death if you listen to everything online. So I, I mean, looking after your safety out there, working through permission for them. If you don't get permission from, uh, not so much permission. I, I guess more just confirmation that they know you're going to do this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you don't get that, 
uh, yeah, and you fly out there, what's the plan going to be, do you think? I think it'll be... I'm going out there anyway, and I have no backup plan for that. If that's the case, then... Again, I'll plan again next year. I'll, mm. If there's like you don't you don't you can't do it simply because we're gonna it's gonna be an issue for you. I'm like okay, I'm not gonna go off. I'm not gonna go. It's like jumping off a cliff. Why would you do that? It's not. If they're saying don't do something, it's their they control the area. I say okay, six months time from now when it's a lot more settled and they're in peace talks as well. So it just so adapt adapting and, and working yeah. working with with the yeah. plans there. Yeah, yeah, super important, I guess. Yeah. Are you going to try and avoid that security? Hopefully, <laughs> okay. um, same, same guy. I'm going to try and get head up to the furthest town. It's a small village. It's a small fishing village, Punto Ardita, and I will try and get an exit from there. So I won't go. I won't get the exit from Hurado. I'm going to get it. It's a small. It's a, a lot of wealthy fishermen from in North America would go there for a day, and then they travel down um, or up to Costa Rica or uh, Panama. So I'd. I'm going to try and get the exit from the small village because the military outpost is still there and they can still say, yeah, I'll just say, I'll be catching a boat, I'll be travelling. As long as I've got the exit stamp, there's no, nothing can come back on me. So, so just, you're still going to stick to the sort of the main routes as close as you can then? The route is simply the coast, um, the, Pacific, the Pacific coast, because there's no formal routes. like mm. And it will be slogging through the, through the forest most at most most days with the mm. machete because there's no there's no yeah. war there's no footpath indigenous people that are still out there in the in the wood in the forest even connect with them and they'll be the best people to get me through the forest all you got to go is head north keep on the coast make sure it's the indigenous the local community again uh, a previous guest on will copestake he circum get circumnavigated the scottish coastline by sea kayak and then cycled between all the Munros and climbed all the Munros in Scotland. Yeah. And what he learned from that was that, generally speaking, people are just the same as you. So yeah. I think the link there that I'm thinking of is that if you contact local people, if they're not a part of these groups, then generally speaking at their core, people just want to help other people. Everyone's just trying to get through the day. Yeah. Uh, so, so that could be that yeah, could be something that pays off there just just yeah. asking for local help if they're not a part of one of those groups i'm sure that they'll just they'll want to help it yeah. especially it seems outside of the uk because yeah. from my travel experience everyone outside the uk seems to be uh more friendly and, and willing to engage than people inside the uk so yeah. everyone when i've been abroad and stuff and in people in the past have said oh i don't you don't you feel people it's too dangerous you need to work it out in 10 Ten, eight out of ten people in any room are the people that want to help or the nicer people. It's the two people that are the odd, odd ones out who are out for themselves, so to speak. Because always that's yeah. that's that's my maths. So I've always kind of always kind of figured it out. Perfect. So take two then is, is essentially going to be going out there. Same 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 start point. Yeah. So same the Pacific coast. So I'll head to Hurado because and then I'll get I'll I'll walk up to Punta Ardita and it'll just be like a state straight. And then I'll be on the coast and so it'll be one direction. Because I'm going to keep the, the, the ocean on my left side. I can't. I'm, I'm heading north. Perfect. As, as far as the, the key challenges, if you could summarise some of the, the key challenges as far as a category, category goes, yeah. which would you say they were? What would be the main kind of hurdles that you've had to step back and overcome, do you think? It's logistics, red tape, um, from Guyana mm. to Panama, Colombia, it's always that one person that can issue it or can say yes or can say no. It's the logistics side of things and the red tape, which 
it's always seems to be a hurdle. People don't understand it. You know, they lack like, why are you doing it? <laughs> that kind of attitude, like, why yeah, you just can't do because it? Because it's there. <laughs> yeah. Why, why, why do you do, want to do that? I don't want to do that. So why would you want to do that? And it's so, it's so, it's like a reflection. Like someone, if they can't see themselves doing something, they're like, oh, why is he going to do it? Or why should dodgy, he do it? Yeah. Yeah. It's just because they don't see themselves being able to do something. Because it sounds like the, 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 as far as the people go, generally speaking, it's okay. Did you get yeah. the number of the security guard? Nah, nah. <laughs> nah. Just I'm going to avoid that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to avoid that one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So if we could sort of look into sort of summarise the, the kind of the, the first attempt and the lesson uh, and the challenges, what kind of lessons do you think you, you've learned from that first experience? To try, I don't know, it's patience. Patience, if... It's it's like it's, it's been a goal of mine, and it's been knockbacks after knockbacks after knockback. And before I'm thirty, I've got to do it, and that's that's how that's how I see it. And it's it's always always on top of my mind, but it's just purely patience. Um, and like I say, a bit more research, mm. um, and that's it. But purely patience, discipline. You want to be focus on something. Have you found that you've discovered new routes to research or has it just been strengthening the, the methods you already have? Yeah, I think it's literally the best way I've ever found any information is local people. That is to a And it's like networking, even stuff like social media these days. I've got in con- I, w- I joined a like an indigenous forum a few weeks ago and the people that, are, that I've, I've met in on that, it was people that have worked out in Hurado, who've done tourism stuff out in Hurado. And again, that's a massive, just for one hour on the forum, I've connected with two people who actually know the tourism board of Hurado and the mayor of Hurado. So it's networking, networking, and people on the ground. If two people know a person on the ground, you've got a massive wealth of knowledge that is. Yeah, because if you can get some kind of a fixer or something, yeah. uh, someone who, because it's breaking down that barrier, isn't it? Like you, like you just said that, I wouldn't do it, so why are you doing it? Yeah. And then you've got you on the polar opposite. If uh, that fixer can bet- can potentially, having spoken with you, bridge yeah. that gap and give that understanding, and then as soon yeah. as they understand and know that you're not a threat, then, yeah, yeah, exactly. then you, off you pop. But yeah. yeah, sounds like an epic trip. So before we look to wrap up, is there anything else that we need to know about uh, you know the expedition you're doing, uh, and you know is there a place that we can follow the updates at all? A few things I'm trying to get in touch. I would love to take like a 360 camera, like you know, like a street view camera. I've been trying to connect with people out there just to put attach one. Of them. They're not that heavy. I'd love that. So I'm trying. I've gotten hopefully got a meeting next week with somebody who can potentially sort that. But um, yeah, it's just social media, it's like. Um, Instagram I think it's the most I, sh- I should use Twitter more really but it's Instagram that I think it's more simple for me it's pictures and that's how I, yeah. how, I how I register things brilliant so I, I just want to sort of strip it back right down to the country itself Colombia when you first went there you spoken about the culture was was that what surprised you the most or was there another element of Colombia that really took your breath away I think when you hear of Colombia it's straight away people think of the worst, the worst days or the worst case scenario. It's it's drug country, but it's you've got to form your own opinions. And I was only there for two days initially, and I loved it. And it was the only Bogota. It's cold in Bogota when I was there, and I, I enjoyed it. Like it's so high up the mountains, you can see it, it was clear. Um, people straight away wanted help. You go to a few countries, and a lot of people are on the hustle, so to speak. 
when it was genuine people saying, I'll help you out, I'll get you to there. Like, I'm ready to pay, I'm happy. It's like, no, we don't need to, we don't need to. I think it's humble. It. I think they're humbled that people, even in these small towns, people are humbled that you've gone to there. In most countries I've found as well. But yeah, Colombia has drawn me back to the culture, the kindness straight away. The opinions, what people have of Colombia is the complete opposite to the opinions I have. Perfect. If you could recommend one person if they're going to Colombia for the first time yeah. which and they really want to experience Colombia not just a, a tourism board yeah. where would you recommend they go I think go to Cali and try to go to there's a dance festival in January time um, and it's like I took 10 salsa lessons just for the fact of going to Colombia because that's a social thing I'm terrible at salsa but in South America it says it's salsa, um, it's a social thing. In the, in, in the UK, I'm the miserable guy sat in the corner. But if you're out in Colombia, it's dancing straight away, dancing, dancing. So pick up some salsa and go to Cali. Yeah. You'll be away. <laughs> Perfect. And then really last last question. And I know that you've still got so much more to experience and explore in Colombia, yeah. above and beyond what you've already done. But if you could relive one moment in your time spent in Colombia, what moment would that be? I I was tr- trying to cross a river and it was a bit of a scary moment and I my bag went I went underneath and I hit a rock and I was you think the worst case like it's game over now you like you constantly trying to and hit this rock and the water just settled down my bag landed on me and the water just settled down so I got on this rock and I was like that was so exciting and it was just but I'd I'd relive that because it was just like you're at the top if you like a near near death kind of situation you feel everything differently only like two minutes i was like Shh. it was so exciting and then it, like i say it just thrill like a thrill well listen i will put your instagram and your contact stuff in the show notes for anyone who wants to sort of click on that uh can we catch up after your trip in columbia see yeah. how it went yeah yeah happy to perfect brilliant well listen dan thank you so much for for coming on and chatting about columbia and let's uh, look you. forward to catching up after your trip all right thank you I hope you enjoyed that episode just as much as I did. Really, really fascinating stuff and great to hear about his drives and his passion. Good luck to Dan in April to do his second attempt crossing the Darien Gap along the Pacific coastal route. Uh, It looks like he's paired up his passion just as much as his humility for it. So I'm sure everything will go just fine for him. We'll catch up in the future with him, see how it all went. But in the meantime, I hope you have a fantastic day check out the link in bio to a follow him but b check out the between the mountains website buy me a coffee if you fancy and um i hope you have a fantastic day and i'll see you in the next one